Hello and welcome into the mashup, your number one source for sports gaming and everything in between. I am your host, Jake Patterson, and oh boy, it's going to be a show today. Jonathan Holloway, friend of the show, already joined me to talk about um, college football going conference only for uh, this particular season, and uh, we brought back Ripcord. It got a little more serious than last week, but it was still a, a worthwhile segment, so that'll be at the end of the show, just like it was just like it was last week. So we're just going to dump straight in to esports stuff with League of Legends. And big news, obviously, is Worlds needs a new location to happen this year. I could have told you that about three months ago. <laughs> I was like, there is no way Riot is still going to host Worlds in China, even if they are technically allowed to this year. I know they wanted to pack out the bird's nest and that would have been an awesome visual, but there is no reason to send several countries worth of players to China. Hopefully they find a new location and actually can have this Worlds this year. As far as I know, they are still at the moment committed to having Worlds. But that was before the announcement from the Chinese government that they are canceling all international sports events in the country for the rest of the year. So, Worlds can't be in China this year. I hope maybe Korea, maybe Japan, maybe the U.S. if we're lucky, maybe somewhere in Europe, depending. Heck, let's get crazy with it. Put it in New Zealand. Let let a let a wild card region host Worlds this year. Why the heck not? Because <laughs> New Zealand is currently allowing full crowds, so why not put Worlds in a wild card region country this year? That would be banana land. And it's not like Australia and New Zealand are opposed to esports. Have you ever seen the Brisbane Counter-Strike tournaments? They're absolutely insane. They're one of the most fun Counter-Strike tournaments on the calendar, even though they're not technically a major. So if you give them the biggest esports championship in the world, imagine the turnout for that. That's going to be nuts. Like, I would want that so bad. That would be hilarious. And time difference wouldn't be that much different for everyone else in the world. Like, it would still be similar god-awful time differences for the East Coast and for a good chunk of Europe. But, yeah, Worlds needs a new location. I could have told you that months ago. Hopefully Riot can still, in fact, host their World Championship. I think they will be. Because Worlds doesn't come till October. And if you're just straight up canceling Worlds now, and it's not even just October, it's late October. If you go and cancel Worlds now, you're just being dumb. Because that's still three months from now. That's still too far out to just straight up cancel Worlds. Three, almost four months from now. Because usually the finals are actually in November. 
So you got time to find a new location. Hopefully it's somewhere a little more time zone friendly to the eastern U.S. Because the last two years they really haven't been. <laughs> and uh, it'd be very nice if it was uh, somewhere I could watch the games at a reasonable time. Rather than, you know, the, the grand finals starting at 4 a.m. Rather than the, the much more reasonable 5 p.m. their time. Like, that's a perfectly reasonable time to have the World the world Championship Grand Finals, is 5 p.m. That is a perfectly reasonable time. 4 a.m., not so much. And the final wasn't even that good. The last two finals weren't even that good, so they weren't even worth waking up for. This year, one, I hope that's not the case, and two, maybe it'll be somewhere a little more time zone friendly to me. But you can't really pick a location right now you I mean you kind of have to pick one soon so you can start securing venues and stuff but like maybe Texas Texas maybe not maybe somewhere in the northeast maybe somewhere in Canada maybe somewhere in mainland Europe maybe Germany I mean I know France had it last year but you got to work with what you can get like, just have it somewhere. Just have Worlds this year. It sucked not having MSI. So, find a way to give us Worlds, Riot. Find a way to give us Worlds. Even if you can't let people in, just find a way to give us Worlds. Because, one, there's no way you can play Worlds online. That would be a complete and utter disaster. You would not be able to crown a world champion that way. You just can't. Because the ping would be horrendous the ping would be absolutely horrendous like say cloud nine had to play ig or t1 or fpx or any lpl or lck team or heck any lec team korea and china could probably play each other okay that wouldn't be too much of an issue it wouldn't be amazing but they could play each other okay-ish it's, it's worked in Overwatch League, so it probably would work okay for League. But imagine, like, Cloud9 trying to play Fnatic, or G2, or Misfits. That ping would be horrendous. There's a, an entire continent plus the Atlantic Ocean between them. That would be a disaster. That would be an absolute disaster. So, Riot, if you can't have Worlds on LAN... As much as it hurts me to say it, don't have worlds. We can go one year without it. We've gone a year without everything else. But back to uh, the more homebound stuff that can and has been played online. First, this C9 versus TSM throwback show match. Balls, Meteos High, Sneaky Elimination representing Cloud9. Against Dyrus, the odd one, Voy Boy, Wild Turtle, and X Special. Good God, the throwbacks. I think Cloud9 is probably going to win this. I mean, Wild Turtle's still playing, which is more than you can say about um, basically everyone else who is in this thing. Like, 
Wild Turtle is still playing in the LCS. He's not playing on TSM anymore, but he's still in the LCS. And just the fact that Balls is playing again, that's amazing. Like, that is the most ridiculous gamer tag ever. And the fact that it lives in one of the more iconic League of Legends world plays ever. And this dude's name is Balls. That is hilarious to me. <laughs> but I think we, I think Sneaky is better than Wild Turtle. So, uh, and North American style has always been to play around your ADCs. That's changed a little bit in recent years. But with this being a throwback match and these guys being from a generation that very much played around the ADC and uh, the mid laner a little bit. I kind of have to give the advantage in this case to uh, to the Cloud9 throwback team. I mean, that's going to be a good game no matter what. But it's it's definitely uh, Cloud9 classics to, uh, to lose. And current Cloud9, good God, they've got an easy weekend. They have TSM and they have 100 Thieves. They're going 2-0. It's just safe to assume every weekend the Cloud9 is probably going to go 2-0. So they're hardly even worth talking about anymore because they're basically just guaranteed to win. Now, there's two teams that um, can make big statements this weekend if they win. Immortals should beat Dignitas. They're better than Dignitas, period. Dignitas sucks. Dignitas, 100%, absolutely sucks. They're going to go winless this year. Period. That's that's happening. Like, you think they're going to win a game? No. They will, much like Cloud9 will have to get ridiculously unlucky, Dignitas will have to get ridiculously lucky to win. They're getting stomped by this Immortals team. And sure, they're close in the standings, but that's because the old coaching staff decided, eh, Let's have a platoon roster at all five positions and put our best players in academy so our academy guys can get some LCS experience. Problem with that is, when you put five academy guys in the LCS, they're not going to play that well. If you put maybe one in, surrounded by a team of veterans, that might actually work. The one time benching all your stars and putting academy players in was Cloud9 a couple years ago when they just went on a miracle run. That's a one in a million thing. You can't attempt to repeat that because it's probably never going to happen again. Ever. That was a once in a generation thing. That's not happening again. And Immortals tried to repeat that and guess what? It didn't work. Then they fired the coaching staff. The new coaching staff decided, yeah, let's not do that. And they've been playing a lot better. They haven't necessarily been winning, but they've looked a lot better. They at least put up a fight against Cloud9. They still got stomped, but they at least put up somewhat of a fight. That previous Immortals team, that game would have been over at like 17 minutes. Tops. Like, barely enough to even attempt a surrender. And it still would have had to have been unanimous surrender because you can't, you can't majority surrender till twenty. You have you have to get unanimous between fifteen and twenty. So that would have been like they would have won that game in about seventeen minutes. 
Immortals put up a little bit more of a fight. So they are 100% beating Dignitas. And as far as the other Friday game, FlyQuest is probably beating 100 Thieves. But Immortals' other game this weekend is TSM. Now, I've said TSM are better than I thought they would be. I thought they were. I think they're a good team, but they have weaknesses. They're they're not unkillable titans like Cloud Nine are. So if they can get even close to beating TSM, that's making a statement. I think they can win that game. I think they have it in them to go 2-0 this weekend. If if things fall their way against TSM, they can go 2-0 this weekend. Would not be shocked to see that happen at all. FlyQuest, they have maybe one of the easiest weekends they're going to have all year. They have 100 Thieves and they have Dignitas. <laughs> so they're probably going to shoot up the uh, the standings a little bit because they're, they're also near the top. They're, they're tied for fourth with EG. But TSM and Liquid are also tied for second. So uh, if they separate and Cloud9 and EG stay the same, they'd actually more than likely be in a three-way tie for third. Because, I mean, unless a disaster strikes and Cloud9 goes 0-2 this weekend, which, again, is unlikely. They have TSM and 100 Thieves. The uh, the standings between two and three, between two and four, are probably going to shake up a little bit because that's actually four teams rather than three. Because <laughs> TSM and Liquid are both tied for second, and EG and FlyQuest are both tied for fourth. So this weekend, I think last weekend was seeing who's truly who this is more to shake up the standings and make it a little more clear. And I think you could see some movement between um, six and nine as well. I think immortals could um, very well move up because golden guardians don't have the easiest weekend. Yeah. They have, they have evil geniuses and team liquid. So golden guardians do not have the easiest weekend ahead of them. So I could see immortals moving up. 100 Thieves has Cloud9, so yeah, they're probably going to slide down a little bit. Like, 100 Thieves has Cloud9 and FlyQuest, so they're probably going to... This is a big weekend for Immortals in the standings, too. Like, they could they could move up a little bit. And it's also a good weekend for CLG to... If they have it in them, it's not going to be easy. Because they have Liquid and EG. So, they have it in them. I think I think they have it in them to win at least one of those games, but winning and some other things happening beneath them could create could create some separation and kind of establish them as uh, that team that's right smack in the middle. If what I expect to happen, FlyQuest moving up a little bit, and CLG maybe following them and um, putting them in a more accurate position in the standings, at least based on based on my personal power rankings where they're kind of that team that's right smack in the middle rather than the top of the bottom half. So it's, it's kind of a, 
it's kind of a toss-up for them this weekend because they could go either way. They could go 0-2 or they could go 2-0. And they could go 1-1. Like, there's about a 33% chance of each. Like, I think it's all equal probability that they go that they go undefeated, they go winless, or they or they split. Because, like, both of these games, in my mind, are, are toss-ups. Because, like, Liquid are good. Liquid are very good, but they have weaknesses CLG could potentially exploit. Same thing with TSM. Or not TSM, EG. Like, both of those teams have weaknesses the counter-logic could exploit if they make the right plays. It's a matter of them making those right plays because that's not always a guarantee that they can do that, and that's why they're 4-4. Four and four. So this this is a uh, this is a, an important weekend. I mean, it's that point in the LCS season or summer split where things start to shake out a little more, and then you and then after this point you ramp to the playoffs and you shake out the last little seating details. Like I consider this the point in the season that kind of determines what's going to happen heading into the playoffs because the season the regular season ends. In about a month. So this is kind of that point where you really establish yourselves as like who you're going to be the rest of the way. I think last week, this week, and next week are those really key weeks. Especially just based on the schedule. Because next week's schedule is very similar where some of the top and upper middle tier teams have a chance to create some separation and some of those lower tier teams have a chance to gain some ground if need be. Like there's, I think last week, this week, next week are those three really important weeks. Like these are the ones that really, really matter. And then after that, you're kind of scoreboard watching the rest of the way because every game Every game matters. I mean, every game matters in a League of Legends split because they're so short. But at that point, you're nailing down seeding. Like, the teams who are going to make the playoffs are probably pretty close to being determined. You're just trying to figure out who goes where in, like, the next set. I think maybe, maybe the next month, like, the next four weekends worth of games... I think is where you get get that. Like the rest of July into the into the beginning of August. And then the last week of August is where is where it all goes down cuz that's that's the the end of the summer split. So it's going to be interesting to see the rest of the way. Like this is very much kind of the the midpoint of the season, this week and next week, are kind of the flipping point of the season. Like, after next week, it's just full steam ahead to the playoffs. As in my mind. Just based on, you know, how much time is time is left in the the summer split after after next weekend, really. So, uh, it's, it's going to be fun. The, because the LCS is better in summer than it was in spring. Not by much, but just just a tiny bit better than it was in the spring. Like Cloud9 has gotten better too, but the teams beneath them are also slightly more of a challenge for them. 
not necessarily a threat, but they're at least a challenge, which was not the case in spring really at all. Like that one loss they had kind of a fluke. Like that one loss they had and that one other loss they had in the playoffs that didn't even determine the series because it's best of five. Little fluky. Just just a tiny, tiny bit fluky. Like They knew they were probably still going to be first seed in the playoffs for the regular season loss. And then the playoff loss, they were already up 2-0 and they got a little cocky. I would get cocky too if I was Cloud9. If I was as good as them, I would be insanely cocky going into basically every game of League of Legends I ever played. Because you go in knowing you're probably going to win. Like, they should be expecting to go 2-0 this weekend. Because they more they probably will. They have two really easy games. I mean, they have TSM and they have 100 Thieves. When TSM is your biggest challenge... Because they might be near the top of the standings, but they are far from a perfect team. When TSM is the bigger challenge of your two games in the weekend, you have a very good chance of going 2-0 when you're that good. And I would be insanely cocky going into every game, so I don't blame them for that loss in the playoffs. That's probably not going to happen this year because they're that much better than everyone else. And that's kind of scary. And it's also kind of scary to think that they may not get to play at Worlds. Because there won't be a Worlds. Like, the one year NA has a competent team, there's no MSI, and Worlds is in question. <laughs> because of course. Of course NA would finally have a team that should be able to do things on the international stage and can't do international tournaments. Global pandemic. Can't do, can't do international tournaments. Can't... Do the international travel, can't have everyone playing on land, can't do it. That sounds about right. That sounds about right for North American League of Legends. Finally get a team that may actually be able to win something and, nah, our international tournaments aren't happening. I'm still not giving up on Worlds, because if I'm not giving up on college football, I'm not giving up on something that happens even later. And may not even happen in the U.S., It'll involve teams from the U.S., but may not even happen here. And just knowing Riot probably won't. So, uh, we shall see. We, uh, we shall see. Let's hope we can have Worlds this year. I still think we can, but I'm wary. Very wary. But for now... I'm, I'm operating under the assumption that we are going to have Worlds this year. And Cloud9 has pretty much already, already guaranteed their spot there. Those other two spots, still up for grabs, though. I think we'll have a somewhat clearer look after this weekend. At least who should get those other two spots or has the best chance to get those two other spots. But it's going to be an interesting weekend of League. It's going to be a very interesting weekend of League. Up next... We'll get into the COD League. See what they're up to. After a pretty long layoff by uh, by their standards. What's up next here on the mashup? Oh, how I've missed you. Welcome back, COD League. And I think we're going to get some good stuff out of, uh, 
out of this particular weekend, just because Minnesota and New York have both proven to be potential giant slayers. And Chicago and Atlanta are both at this event. And uh, I think they both have things to prove because Chicago did not do amazing their their last time out in in, uh, Minnesota. They weren't incredible. They got beat. I mean, they got beat by LA Gorillas and didn't make it to Sunday. So, like, they have something to prove. And then at Paris, Atlanta got absolutely stomped by Florida in the finals on map three. The other maps were a little bit closer, but after a destruction like that, especially in a game type like Domination, where for a good chunk of the game, no lead is truly safe, like, the fact that they got, they got dominated... Like in the terms of the game domination, all three flags captured by the other team for so long. And they lost... What was the final score of that game? It wasn't pretty. I remember that much. 235 to 70. You lose a game of domination by 165 points after Search and Destroy went to round 11. And even losing hard point by 60. Like... By Atlanta standards, that's a lot. That's a full hill. That's a full hill that you didn't control at all. So Atlanta and Chicago both have both have statements to make, and especially without without Florida being there, they have a chance. Without Florida and also without Dallas they have a chance to make statements and they're also up against Toronto, Paris, London. I mean, London's good. London could be in that same category as Minnesota and New York, but Toronto and Paris are not great. Paris is better than Toronto. I think Paris is winning that. I actually, I actually made my, uh, my bracket this time. It's, uh, over on my Twitter from, uh, at time of recording this, it's my most recent tweet. But at the time of you listening to this, it probably won't be. But it is it is on my timeline. I'll probably uh, I'll probably retweet it around uh, around the time the the show goes live, so you can see it there. But I have I have Paris beating Toronto in a sweep. I have Atlanta dropping a map to LA Gorillas because I think LA Gorillas are good enough to do that, and then. Gorillas beating Toronto in the the knockout round. Chicago over Huntsman three one or Chicago over London three one. Minnesota over New York three two, and then New York beating London in the first knockout, which is a shame for London, but they kind of got stuck in the tougher tougher group, where uh, oh you get one of the best teams in the league first and congratulations you're getting one of the uh, dark horses in the second if you, uh, no matter what. So it, congratulations. Even if you beat the best team in the league, you're still running into uh, one of the dark horse title contenders in your next match. Congratulations. And even if you, 
Like, that's a lose-lose for London. They're probably going to be 0-2. Like, they're... And that's a shame, because they're better than Toronto. Toronto's going to be 0-2 as well, but they should not have the same record. (laughs) At least on paper. Like, it's losing to much better teams. But London and Toronto should not have the same record at any event ever. But I think that is probably going to happen. And then... Phase sweeps Paris. LA beats uh, Paris in the second knockout. And then Chicago beats Minnesota 3-2 after, uh, after beating London and uh, New York, respectively. And then Minnesota has to play New York again in the knockout round, which... Uh, also goes to five. These are both five games because I think those two teams are pretty evenly matched. And Minnesota needs to make a statement just like Atlanta and Chicago do to get back in the conversation of potential title contenders because they've slipped a little bit. If they can make it to Sunday this weekend against this field, they have a chance. Now, if they make it to Sunday, they're will probably run into phase, which means uh, good luck with that. But I still I still have this have them going five in this one. And also LA Gorillas make it to Sunday as well because they are in the uh, the much easier group. <laughs> Where uh, Atlanta Phase is just so much better than everyone else. It's uh, pretty easy for that any of those three other teams to potentially sleep slip through. And then finals, phase and Huntsman, phase win 3-2. So that, that's my entire bracket just broken down across the board. But I could definitely I could definitely see this being either completely right or 100% wrong because it's, it's the COD League and most of their home series, even before the online switch, made no sense. Made absolutely no sense. Like, let's be honest with ourselves here. The online switch didn't do much to change the fact that the COD League is wildly unpredictable. But I think I think this one could be a little more chalk just because of only two representatives of the top four are here rather than three or all of them. Which uh, I think the rest of the way... Uh, next one in, quote-unquote, in London is, is two is two of them. And then Toronto is all four. So uh, this week and next week are your last chance really to, uh, to create some separation before all four teams are at these events together. Because next week it's Dallas and Florida are, competing in the second London home series and Chicago and Atlanta are not. So they, they flip flop and, and then at the very end, there's Toronto where all four of them are going to be there. Good God. The worst team in the league's home series is the last one of the season. That's probably going to determine playoff season seating. The last three weeks of the Cod league, you're going to be absolutely nuts and I can't wait. This is going to be fun. But obviously big things this this weekend. 
Chicago and Atlanta, Chicago and Atlanta, and Minnesota, all could potentially bounce back for different reasons. Atlanta got stomped by Florida in the Paris series. They need to avenge that. Chicago got embarrassed at the Minnesota series. Minnesota, they've been struggling a lot lately. All three of them could say, okay, this is, we're back. This is who we are. And New York and London can say, no, we're just as much dark horses as everyone thought Minnesota was. And Toronto and Paris, they're just kind of there. Paris is uh, is just kind of there. Same with Toronto. I don't see those two teams doing a whole lot this weekend, really at all, because they're just not that good, and they're and they're both stuck in a group with one of the two best teams in the league, because. As of right now, despite getting absolutely stomped by Florida, they still made it to play Florida by beating Dallas. So right now, Atlanta is still the second best team in the league. Even though they kind of got embarrassed, they're still the second best. And Toronto and Paris are stuck in a group with them, as well as a team that is at least decent-ish and have improved relatively well over the course of the entire season. So I'm I'm definitely curious to see what we're going to we're going to get out of this. Like if this one was happening in front of fans, I would um, I would give New York a bit more of an advantage because that New York crowd for esports is nuts. They were they were absolutely insane for opening weekend of the Overwatch League at um good god Hammerstein Ballroom. <laughs> That's still hilarious to me that esports were in fact played at Hammerstein Ballroom this year. One of the most iconic New York venues ever outside of Madison Square Garden. Like outside of like Madison Square Garden and Yankee Stadium, Hammerstein Ballroom is like the iconic New York event venue. It's not as much for sports. It's not as much of a sports venue. It's it's a theater. But as a wrestling fan, there have been a lot of great wrestling shows there. And it was weird that professional Overwatch was played there this year. And professional Call of Duty was supposed to be played there this year. That is nuts to me. But... It's not. It's played online, so I don't give New York as much of an advantage. But they've still improved so much over the course of the year. Like, I thought nothing of them for the first couple events because they were an afterthought. They were terrible. They're probably the most improved team in the league. It's a toss-up between them and the Gorillas. Maybe Optic. Like, and... Optic is in a financial mess right now, so maybe not. Like, New York's income is, seems relatively stable. I haven't heard anything about them being in, like, financial trouble, like, quote-unquote Optic is. But 
they're probably the most improved team in the league. And I know it's only the first season, so it's hard to call anyone most improved. But remember the beginning of the season. They were trash. And now they have a very real chance to make it to Sunday in an event with the two best teams in the league. Because they could. They could they could absolutely make it to Sunday. They could totally beat they could totally beat Minnesota in the second knockout game and boom. They'd be on to Sunday. They'd have to play Atlanta and they'd probably lose there, but they would make it to Sunday. Like they have a real chance to make it to Sunday, especially if they win that first match with Minnesota. Because it makes it way easier to Make it to Sunday. I mean, they'd have to play Chicago, probably. Unless a disaster happens with the Huntsman and they lose to London, which, again, unlikely. But they could absolutely make it into the qualifier. They could absolutely make it to the qualifier round. They could totally beat Minnesota. In, according to my bracket, either matchup. And they could totally beat them if they, like, they could, they could totally beat them. They are that good. Like, Mac is a freak. Dude came out of nowhere and he just started tearing it up. Like, it's weird to give someone a most improved team before the first season is even over, but they're the most improved team. Like, we knew Atlanta and Chicago and Dallas, and to a lesser extent, even Florida and Minnesota, we're all going to be good. No one expected New York to be good. And for a good chunk of the season, they weren't. Now they are. So congratulations, New York. You're my most improved team from the beginning to the end of the CDL 2020 season. I know that doesn't mean much. I'm just a guy, but like I don't get any media voting in CDL awards. But, hey, you're my most improved team. So, congratulations, New York Subliners. Uh, Your name sucks and your logo sucks, but, hey, you are the most improved team in the league. So, uh, congratulations on that. But, really, I don't think they're going to win the whole thing, but they can definitely make it to Sunday. If they make it to Sunday, the poor guys are, you know, going to get stomped by, uh, are going to get stomped by Atlanta. But they will at least have made it to Sunday. And that's more than you could have said about them a few months ago. Like, a few months ago, I would have looked at this schedule and said, well, they're just not even going to stand a chance. Like, they're not even going to make it to the second knockout. Because that's just what my perception of them was at the time. Like, if a couple months ago I looked at the schedule, I was like, yeah, they're going to lose to Minnesota and then they're going to lose to probably London in the knockout. Now, I don't have them going to Sunday in my bracket, but I wouldn't be surprised if they made it. That's a big improvement. And that speaks to the quality a little bit of the CDL that they've kind of built up this level of parity in their first season. That's a good thing. That's a very good thing to have all of your teams, or at least a good chunk of them, be competitive with each other. Like, you have your top four, and then you have your second tier, which in my mind is Minnesota, 
New York, London. That's your second tier, and then your uh, your bottom tier is uh, is five. Is uh, is your bottom five? But that, that's a fair breakdown. Four, three, and five. Like that's that's a pretty good shakeup. It's almost evenly spit where it's four, four, four. But for a first year, it's close enough. So I'm I'm very much looking forward to this weekend. I think we're going to get a lot of good good gameplay out of these teams, except for maybe Toronto because Toronto sucks. Who knew? Maybe signing ten players to a game that is played five v five immediately and saying you're all going to get playing time kind of screws with chemistry a little bit, doesn't it? Just just a tiny bit. But that's what I've got for COD League. Up next, once again, friend of the show, Jonathan Holloway. He uh, joins us to talk about college football going conference only and to, uh, for the most part, make fun of people. We did a deeper dive into other other stuff, but it's still worth taking a listen. So uh, hope you all enjoy that. Hope you all enjoy the show. And uh, that's all up next here on The Mashup. Final segment of the show today and joining me once again to uh, commiserate and then make fun of people is friend of the show, Jonathan Holloway. How you doing? Uh, I am sore out of my mind right now, my dude. I uh, played um, Ultimate Frisbee last night for the first time in like a year and it's the first physical activity since like January. So my body is, uh, not necessarily happy with me. Oh no. I, but w- yeah, I, I was know. there, uh, I was there a couple of weeks ago when I went back to, uh, when I went back to the gym for the first time since, uh, I want to say like March 8th, March 7th. Yeah. Yeah. Like pushing four months. It, it was, it was not pleasant. <laughs> Yeah, I'm in. I'm in pain, and I overdid it a little bit. But you know, what else is new? That that happens when you're when you're stuck inside for three, four months, and you got all that energy built up. Yep. <laughs> but I I was actually at the gym when the news broke that the Big Ten is going conference only for all of its fall sports this season. Now. I'm a bigger college basketball guy than I am college football, and this gives me hope. This does not include basketball. Yes, because that would be stupid because basketball is so far out that if they were like, yeah, let's do it for basketball too at this point, I would just throw my hands up in the air and say whoever's in charge of the NCAA needs to be fired. Yeah, because college basketball generally doesn't that usually start right around Halloween. Yeah, we got a while. It's July. We don't have to worry about college basketball just yet. And yep. <laughs> I I honestly think college basketball is going to be fine. Uh, or mostly fine. We I, shall see. I don't think the schedule will get jacked up too much. Attendance might have some issues, but I don't think the schedule is going to get completely destroyed. It all depends. Like I, I've been saying this for a long time. It all depends on when we get an actual vaccine. Yeah. Because without a vaccine, we cannot have fans in the in the seats and that sucks but that's the way it's going to work we cannot have full capacity fans until we get 
Yeah, full. I, I don't know about no fans at all. I think we'll get some fans back. Yeah. I think I think we can get up to like 30, 40% depending on the venue. Yeah, but then you also got to look at it like what happens if there is that one person who's sick? Like, yeah, that's, yeah. Is that something that owners who pay for a lot of the stuff on their own is willing to risk? Because if I was an owner, what's more important, the safety of my, of the people who are going to be coming to watch my games or the long, uh, or the right now we want fans in the seats because we're greedy. Yeah. That's like, what's more important. That, that's very true. And honestly, I'd be okay with signing a waiver or, yeah. uh, I saw, um, new Japan pro wrestling is letting fans back in this weekend. There's a bunch of restrictions on it. Like, Oh yeah. And, and one of the ones that uh, kind of amused me is no loud cheers. <laughs> Despite the fact that the seats are spaced and master required, they're not allowing signs, high-fiving the wrestlers coming down the ramp. That makes sense. Uh, yep. po- posing for pictures, autographs. All of that makes sense to me. But no loud cheers at a wrestling show. <laughs> yeah, that's weird that's that's but, that's very japan because japanese crowds don't get as noisy as american crowds do yeah but yeah college football is i think college football will still be played as of right now i am not giving up hope on the season i'm not giving up hope on the season either but i am still wary because like i don't know again in my mind for me like throughout this entire thing i keep reminding myself of what would how would i feel as a owner and as a fan if we allowed fans into the seats and then one of their parents died from it like or they go and see their grandparents and then uh, they have a grandparent who passes away and in my head i would hate that yeah that would suck like it's an uh, like our fan do fans help the game 1000% yes are they do they help the players 1000% but again, it's their people too. They have families. They have people they care about. So why should I, as a fan, be greedy and make them play when there's more risk? Yeah, that that's actually a really good point. But I like, I I can wait. Look, yeah. if I wait a little bit longer to see fans again, I personally am okay with that because they are people too. Yeah, I've been, like, I I want to go back to something so bad. I do too. But <laughs> I know whenever that happens that I can go to a wrestling show or go to a basketball game or go to a hockey game or a football, baseball, soccer, anything. When I can go to one of them again, it'll probably be pretty soon after they are, like, lifting these kind of restrictions. Yeah. That crowd is going to be so electric. Exactly. It will be worth it will be well worth the wait. I would rather wait until we can have actual like full crowds like all of that kind of stuff than than rush it. Yeah. If we rush it sports could be the reason that we have a second outbreak. Yeah, that's that's very true, but and that's not something that I personally would be okay with because like um something that 
somebody uh, that uh, oh shoot Tiki Barber brought up is fans do help the players. They 100% help the players. But here's the thing: is it more important to have those fans there, or is it more important to have the safety of the people? Yeah, that's that's definitely true. And a lot of professional sports, especially most of the money comes from TV revenue. Exactly. Especially the NFL. Like most of the NFL's money is from their fat, fat TV contracts. Yeah. Like the NFL TV money is ridiculous. And in a couple years, it's going to go up. Exactly. Like in two to three years, that TV money is going up even more once all the current deals expire. Yep. So like, they can, right? Yeah, I think it was yesterday or two days ago. The Ravens announced they are going to have limited capacity at M&T Bank Stadium this year. Good. Uh, fourteen thousand, which is less That's... than a, which is less than a fifth of um M&T Bank Stadium's full capacity. Yeah. M&T Bank's full capacity is about seventy-five five. Yeah. So that's uh, that's less than a fifth, which. Mm-hmm. Is better than nothing, and honestly, Ravens fans are nuts, so that'll probably still be a pretty good home field advantage. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Especially if they're all, I mean, seats would be spaced out, but if they're all, like, in the lower bowl, essentially, mm-hmm. like, that's still going to be plenty loud. That's still going to yeah. be plenty loud, because that, exactly. that's, I've been in that stadium, like, it's, it's designed to make sound carry, like, crazy. <laughs> And for a stadium that's about as old as I am, it's holding up pretty well. <laughs> that, that's so weird that I'm actually older than my favorite NFL team. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that topic. <laughs> yeah, especially when you're talking to me, because uh, I know where your NFL team came from. Uh, let's, let's continue on. Before my time, though. But... <laughs> The other thing that's interesting is what are college football teams going to do? Are they just going to play eight games or are they going to play each other more often to get to 12? Are they going to play like, are they going to play like home and homes like NFL division rivals would, or I I, they haven't announced those details yet. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm kind of annoyed as a Liberty fan where this was supposed to be like you know our best schedule ever, three <laughs> ACC teams on the schedule, and then I mean let's be honest a bunch of cupcakes like after those three the next best team on the schedule is UConn and then it just takes a nosedive. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah I don't know it'll sorry go ahead Virginia Tech NC State Syracuse. Big drop down to UConn and then a nosedive to everyone else. Like UMass, Western Carolina, North Carolina A&T. Like it is a, it is buoyed. That schedule was buoyed by like those three names. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and I mean, but I thought about this, like the ACC already said they're considering conference only. And if they yep. do conference only, they will work with Notre Dame. Yes, because Notre Dame is basically the ACC, let's be honest. Yeah, they're, they're technically FBS independent, but they're essentially... No, they're, they're, they're ACC. Like, they're, I, they're an ACC team. They 
Yeah. Because don't they still potentially, they can't play in the ACC championship, which they'd probably lose to Clemson anyway. Yep. But I would like to see, they would probably get absolutely stomped, but I would like to see a Liberty versus Notre Dame game this year just to say, like, I saw yeah. it happen. Because you and I both know the stories. Yes. Like, in 1973, when the school was playing its first football game, Jerry Falwell Sr., the one who's not completely insane, or wasn't completely insane, said, we're going to play... He's not as bad as current Jerry. No, I know. They were insane in different ways. They were insane in different ways. But... In 1973, he said, we're going to play Notre Dame one day. They were uh, they were not even NCAA at the time. Nope. Let alone D1. And I always thought it would happen in my lifetime. Did not think it would happen this soon. Did yeah. not think it would happen like this. <laughs> Me neither. Like, I thought this would happen when I had kids. Like, I thought I would watch this game with my children. <laughs> and, like, I would be working in the sports media field and I would get to talk about it. Yeah. On like a much bigger platform than the one I currently have. <laughs> like I I've ima- I have a very weird imagination when it comes to stuff like this. Like I've imagined it before. Like I've imagined doing the show and like doing my imaginary radio show and driving to Lynchburg as soon as it's over <laughs> to to go celebrate when the team lands at the airport. Like Yeah. This is not how I imagined that possibility happening at all. If it does happen this year, <laughs> I I doubt it's gonna. I I don't know. It's a weird situation just because of how everything in the world is. Yeah. Because like, again, uh, fans make money. Yes. Period. And fans make watching the game, like watching the game on TV. If there's a small crowd or no crowd, it's not very good. Like at no. all. Because you know that they're just going to pump in... Uh, they're going to pump, pump in the crowd noise. They're going to pump in the crowd noise. And I've seen some of the clips with crowd noise pumped in from like Premier League games or, or Bundesliga games. There's always a slight delay on everything. It's so weird. Like... I'm, it, I'm used, to watched, watch, I'm used to watching Liverpool games at Anfield, and when Mo Salah inevitably scores like two or three goals a game, I'm used <laughs> to the camera immediately cutting over to the cop and them just going nuts. Yep. Like, that's what I'm used to when I'm watching Liverpool. If I'm, you know, if my sleep schedule allows me to be up that early to watch a Liverpool game. The, uh, the rare occasion that happens. I think that... The biggest travesty, if we do end up having the season canceled, is we don't get another season of Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, because he's he's gone. Even if they do like spring football, he ain't playing. Exactly. And I think spring football is just a terrible idea because you're going to be short several hundred of the best players. Oh, yeah. Like, there's no re- – like, I would rather have no football than spring football. I would too. And I think most people agree. I would hope so. Like I, spring football would mess with so many other things because you know what the early part of the spring semester belongs to in my mind when it comes to college sports? Basketball. Oh yeah. 
like a good chunk of the spring semester belongs to basketball and basketball only in my mind. Yep. Like that is, that is their time to shine. And it's always the ramp got screwed up this year, but it's like the ramp to summer. Yeah, exactly. Because like it's the sports football, it's the sports ramp to summer. You get the college football national championship game in early January. Yep. Shortly after that's the Super Bowl. Not long after that is March Madness. Basically, immediately after that is the Masters. And then the NBA and NHL uh, opening day. And then the NBA Finals and the Stanley Cup. And then, boom, it's summer. Like, it's the sports ramp to summer. They got completely thrown out of whack this year. And then baseball owns the summer. And then baseball owns the summer. And uh, sports media people always consider that not having a whole lot to talk about. They had no idea. Nope. And that that's actually a good transition because... Sports media went dumb. Sports media went really dumb. Like, I'm used to dumb, dumb conversations this time of year on sports talk radio because normally it's just, like, day-to-day baseball. There's not that much to talk about because, really, in a full 162-game season, every game means not that much. Yeah. Like every game means so little. You have to, you have to go on like stretches of a week and a half to really determine how a team is playing. Mm-hmm. Like a week okay. and a half, maybe two weeks worth of games to really determine how a team is playing at that point. Rather than one game, maybe two games are like, okay, they're doing pretty okay. Cause then the next game they get blown out. Yeah, and I think this year definitely is going to have an asterisk next to whoever wins the quote-unquote World Series. Oh, yeah. Not, that, the, it's, the not season, that it's an actual World Series. Yeah, the season the season was too short. Like, I don't think that's going to apply to an NBA championship or a Stanley Cup championship this year because they played most of the regular season. Exactly. Like, they played a good chunk of the regular season before everything got shut down. I think, I think in the NHL, most of the games had about six to eight regular season games left to go. Same in the NBA is a very similar number. Yeah. But baseball, I don't know. Yeah. This season's not going to mean all that much. Not in the least. <laughs> nope. Cause people said like, if it was just a, if it was just a 60 game season last year, the nationals wouldn't have made the playoffs. No, they wouldn't have. So- they were 19 and like 30. The World Series champion last year wouldn't have made the playoffs this year with the record they had after 60 games. No, they would not have. Yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, this year... It, just throw this year out the window. But yeah, exactly. Let's get into uh, the much uh, more upbeat half of, uh, of this part of the show. Making fun of people. Oh, yes. Uh, which one do you want to do first? Those really bad ESPN Plus rankings, Skip Bayless and Kenny Smith, oh. or Colin Coward? Um, <laughs> they're all I don't even know because they're all just bad. Let's do, uh, let's do Skip Bayless and Kenny Smith first. I agree. Yeah, because Skip Bayless is consistently worth making fun of and... Honestly, the TNT analyst desk would probably be better without Kenny Smith. I would agree with you. Like, if you just had Ernie Johnson, Shaq, and Barkley, 
that would be the best studio show in all of sports, at least for like live game coverage. Yeah, I hate Barkley. See, I, I think Barkley's funny. He's just really bad at college basketball. He's just stupid. He he's kind of dumb, but like the interplay between him and Shaq, and then Ernie Johnson just playing it completely straight, is is pretty funny to me. Yeah. Like that would be if it was just the three of them. That would be the best studio show in sports in my mind, not hosted by Scott Van Pelt. Yes, because he's on yeah. another level. <laughs> he is the only yeah. thing keeping ESPN from turning into uh, nothing but bad hot takes and screaming. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, Scott Van Pelt is one of the best out there, and ESPN shows have just kind of jumped off a cliff as of late. So yeah, other than like, I haven't been watching his show either. But from what I've seen, like even his show was pretty good. Like that senior night segment he did for the first couple weeks of all this was really good. Oh, it was amazing. His his one big things are always incredible. I've been watching old bad beats segments just to laugh at them because they're just hilarious. Yeah, but let, let's get into this. Like Skip Bayless did his top 10 rankings as did Kenny, the jet Smith. And they both did not have LeBron number one in the top three or the top five. No, they did not. LeBron was what? Ninth in skip Bayless's rankings and 10th in Kenny Smith's. Yes, he was. Oh my, Oh my God. And uh, Tim Duncan was fifth in skip Bayless's. Yeah. Above, yeah, he was. Above Wilt Chamberlain. Uh-huh. So there's two things wrong with that. One, Tim Duncan is, is is not a top five player all time. No. He is up there. He is a very he was a, he is a very good player. He's top fifteen. He is not top five. He's top fifteen at worst. Yes. Depending on who you ask, like I think you said earlier, somewhere between eight and twelve. Yeah, I would put him somewhere in that rank. I, the, I think the craziest thing is how is LeBron James tenth or not in your top ten? Yeah, or not even in your top five. Yeah, like at, I personally believe that the worst you can place LeBron James is uh, second. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe third, but second, maybe third, but that's pushing it. I would only be like Wilt. Yeah. If you want to put Wilt second, that's the, that's like the only thing you could reasonably put him ahead of LeBron James. Like if you want to put MJ first, Wilt second, Jordan or LeBron third, like that could kind of make sense, but I still think LeBron's better than Wilt. Let me pull up his top ten here so I can tell you exactly what it was. Yeah, I, I remember All right, it was, so it was one remember. Jordan. One Jordan, okay. That's fair. Fair. Two magic, okay. Alright. Not, Not terrible. I'd put him a little bit lower, but sure. Yeah. Three, he has Shaq. Wrong. First of all, Shaq is not even the best center in NBA history. He is third. Nor was, Maybe fourth. Nor was he the best player all time on his own team. Exactly. 
Fourth Kareem, that's about where I would have Kareem, but Shaq is not number three. No. And then he has Duncan at five, which we talked about. Duncan is not the fifth best player in NBA history. He is a fantastic player. He's great, but he's not fifth. No. Six, he has Bill Russell. I'd put him. I'd about, put him. I'd put him a little bit higher. I think I'd actually have him five. Uh, we we'll get to our top tens and we'll go from there. It's about where I would have Russell though. Seven, Kobe. About where I would have Kobe actually. Eight, Bird. Nine, LeBron. Ten, Wilt. Wrong. First of all, Wilt Cha- the the myth that Wilt Chamberlain faced a whole bunch of short dudes is incorrect. The average height of NBA centers back when he played is the same as it is now, six ten ish. It's exactly the same. He never played. He did. Well, he did never play, but he did not play against all short white dudes. He didn't. Not true. He was well, he, he was the best player in the league by far at the time, but he didn't have just an insane height advantage. Exactly. Everybody's like, oh, he played against like six five guys. No, no, he did not. Wilt is probably the single most dominant player on his own when it comes to offense. Yes. There wasn't much you could do to stop him. No. I think Giannis and Anthony Davis and all those guys today would have a hard time stopping Wilt. I think he would average 35 points per game. Or more. Especially because defense, you can't do anything. Yeah. Like. Oh, he would he would go to the foul line so often. Yeah. He would eat everyone alive. Yes. So anyway. Because they created multiple rules to make the game harder for him. Yep. They outlawed dunking. They created the three-second rule because of him. Like, there are multiple rules in the NBA rulebook that exist because of Will Chamberlain. Exactly. So, and then Kenny, Kenny Smith doesn't have doesn't have Kobe or LeBron. He has LeBron 10 and Kobe not even in his top five. He did not go on to, to say what his top nine were, but I'd be willing to bet it was kind of dumb. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> if, if Kobe is not in your top 10, it's You're drunk. a not accurate top 10. And if I think Le- Kenny Smith is just salty. Oh, uh, oh, 100%. One hundred percent. That that he got that his his legacy got overshadowed by Kobe because they were pretty similar players. Yes, but Kobe was better. Kobe was much better. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, who do you have one? Jordan, LeBron, LeBron. Same Jordan two, I assume. Yes, like they they are they are almost one A and one B in my mind. Yeah. So I have Magic three. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I, I think I think I'd put I think I'd put Russell three, Magic four. See, I can't put Russell above Wilt. Oh no, no, Wilt three, Magic four, Russell okay. five. Okay, I would have three Magic, four Wilt, five Kareem, six Russell, seven Kobe, eight Bird. Um. Nine Duncan, ten Shaq. Yeah, that's that sounds about right. I think I'd have out where I would have it. I would probably have actually LeBron Jordan one A and one B basically. Uh, Wilt 
Russell Magic, uh, Kobe Bird, Duncan, Shaq, and um, drawing a blank. Who drawing a blank? Who who did I not? Who did I not say? Because that the names in that top ten are accurate. They're just in the wrong order. I don't remember. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah. All right. I'll run through it again. LeBron, <laughs> LeBron one, Jordan two. Yep. Wilt three. Yep. Russell four, Magic five. Okay. Duncan six. Oh, you're fitting Kareem. Oh, that's right. Duncan six. Uh, Kobe seven. Kareem eight. Shaq nine. Bird ten. That's about right. Yeah. Yeah. That that sounds that sounds. Yeah, that's what I put. That's that's my top ten, and I think that's much more accurate than Skip Bayless's. Well, Skip Bayless is almost never accurate. So very true. <laughs> Skip I, Bayless is just a moron. I mean, just the fact that the second he left ESPN, every other prominent person at ESPN not named Stephen A. Smith just absolutely just tore into him. Oh yeah, like every other prominent person at ESPN just ripped him the second he was gone, which tells me. None of them liked him. Like Scott Van Pelt ripped him. Dan Levitard ripped him. Ripped him. Basically, everyone at ESPN ripped him to shreds the second he was gone. That tells me everything I need to know about his perception in Bristol. Nobody liked him. He was only there because um, who was it? Was it John Skipper? Was the uh, was the guy who created the uh, embrace debate thing? I do not remember. Well, whoever was responsible for uh, Embrace Debate, like, clearly other people at ESPN also did not like him. (laughs) Because he's the reason First Take even exists. (laughs) Ugh. That show is... That show is a disgrace. And it's somehow somehow gotten worse with Max Kellerman. I don't know how that was possible, but yeah, it has. Because Max Kellerman is somehow even dumber. Uh, Max Kellerman is. Like, I, wanna... I don't know how what words to describe him. I want to punch him through my TV. Yeah, I but I would rather punch Stephen A. Smith and uh, uh, Skip Bayless more. But that's just me. Oh, I, I want to punch all three of them because they're all dumb. They're all incredibly dumb. All right. So let's do... Let's Colin Coward. Colin Coward, okay. His... Let's call them incredible... Oh. Incredible basketball takes. <laughs> that he would take Zion Williamson over like half of the rising young stars in the NBA. Let me, let me find this so I can make sure I get it right. Oh, I found it. All right. Which, Zion or... He plays Zion Orr. So the first player he talks about is Ja Morant. And he takes Zion, which is, I don't know. They're That's both, one that I'm up in the air about. They're both rookies. It's, I think, too early in both of their careers to tell. Exactly. I think I would rather have Ja Morant because it's better to have a guard as your best player. I also injury injury concerns have to be a thing. Yeah. Like 
there are two outcomes of both of their careers. Zion continues to get hurt, does nothing, or he turns into superstar. Great. Yeah. Morant reminds me a lot of Derrick Rose. So yes. my only concern with Morant with Morant is if he tears his ACL. If he tears his ACL, his career is over. Like, oh yeah, he's like Rose. He plays way too aggressively to truly come back to the level he's playing at right now from an ACL tear. Yes, exactly. I don't know if he would have. I don't know if he would have the same like extended rehab as Rose. Because that was one of the big problems a lot of people had with Rose. Is like he tore his ACL, and it just took him forever to get back. Yeah, because it was a, it was such a bad tear. It was a really bad tear, and it just took him forever to get back. I I remember that because uh, my uh, my high school basketball coach is from Chicago, so he's a diehard Bulls fan. He was not very happy during any of that. Oh, I wouldn't have been either. Considering he had a really, really bright future, which was cut entirely by the injury. Yeah, I was uh, I was at the uh, playoff deciding game that came as a result of that injury with him. <laughs> the uh, Remember when the Sixers beat the Bulls? Be- mostly because Derrick Rose was injured? I and, do, yeah. And uh, Omer Ashik was an idiot and fouled Andre Iguodala? Yeah... Yeah, I was uh, I was in the building for that one. Wow. Yeah, with uh, I, um, with a couple Bulls fans, which uh, I felt bad for them. <laughs> I would too. Um, so the second player that he he does this for is Luca. Um, what is the logical and obvious and just blatant choice Hmm, let's see the guy who was uh, the best player on the floor during warm-ups with a jacked up knee who in what like his third season was competing second season season, good god was uh, (laughs) was 20 years old was in the running for mvp almost average a triple double or the guy who's played seven nba games yeah, give me Luca. With injury issues. Yeah. I mean, if yeah. if Luca can t- Luca's injuries, all of the ones he had were never that serious. They never took him out for what more than like a week. Yep. But if that that's a slightly worrying trend if it keeps going. But yeah, but I mean, Steph Curry also had bad ankles. Yeah, like Steph Curry has missed a few games here and there for ankle issues, and he's still one of the best players in the league. So it won't be a huge deal if it continues for Luca. Yeah. Especially because so like, especially because he, he's not as much of a driver. Yeah. As, as Curry is, like, he doesn't drive as much because he's kind of the main three point threat on that team. Whereas the main three, he point, up a three point game, the a little bit, the main shooting threat on the warriors is actually clay Thompson. Well, catch and shoot at least. Catch and shoot, yeah. Like Curry can't do that, and he's usually the one delivering the kick. So he's driving a lot more than uh, than Luca does. So Colin can't screw this up, right? Wrong. Nope. He picked Zion. I would. What? I. I don't get that one he, at all. He went on to say, 
He went on to say he thinks players will rather play with Zion than Luca. Also incorrect. A guy who averaged Luca. Luca is probably the next best passer in the NBA once he a couple more years. Yeah, I give it two to three years before he has achieved that distinction as the best passer in the NBA. Once LeBron retires. Yeah. And I think it'll be a little bit longer before LeBron retires because I'm convinced he wants to uh he wants to play with Bronny if he can. Oh yeah. I think he wants to play one season with Bronny. Like he gets drafted, LeBron will sign with whatever team drafts him, play that one season there, and then retire. Yes. Like that's so that that's yeah. predicting the future. He's he's what a this was his freshman year, right? Yeah. So he'll be no. Yes. Yeah. So he'll be a sophomore coming up, then his junior year, then his senior year, then his freshman year of college. So in five years, essentially, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And so I, people are going to want to play with Zion Williamson over a guy who's averaging 8.7 assists per game. Yeah, that makes sense. Who is unselfish. By Fantastic, all, hilarious personality. Yeah, by all accounts, a very good teammate. 20 years old, not the injury history Zion has, not overweight. Yeah. Plays... Sure. Plays sure. guard. Plays guard, which is the better position to build your team around. Sure, Colin. But is also sure. capable of playing small forward if need be. Sure, Colin. Sure, buddy. Didn't he? Didn't he contradict himself a couple days later when he did the that. <laughs> when he did the the twelve year contract thing? Yeah, we'll get to that because oh that's another thing I want to shred him on. Yeah, I, I, he goes on to do Ben Simmons Zion, which you're a Sixers fan, so I don't really know if you have a unbiased opinion. No, I I have I generally tend to have an unbiased opinion about Ben Simmons because. I'm, it's not his fault because it wasn't his draft year, but I'm still mad that we don't have Jason Tatum. Yeah. Like, we took Markel Fultz. Like, we already have one guard with shooting issues. Why did we take another guard with shooting issues? It's one of the worst shooting emotions I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, not not as bad as Lonzo's, but it's up there. Well, Lonzo fixed his shooting emotion now. It looks good now. Yeah, but when he got drafted, my God, that thing was ugly. Oh, it was bad. But anyway, he took Zion over Ben Simmons, which you can argue either way, I guess. That one that one is more of a toss-up. I think I'd rather have Simmons because I think if you were to add a – just from the Sixers' perspective, like they don't really need Zion. What they need is a, uh, a guard who can actually shoot. Yep. So Simmons can move over and play – small forward bump Tobias Harris, the obvious defensive liability and fan, but fan favorite to six man duty. Yep. Like that would immediately probably put them second, third in the East rather than like fourth, fifth where they've been hovering for the past couple of years. Yeah. Like that would immediately bump them up to the top three in the East. Oh, hundred percent. And so after that, he does do Tatum, and he takes Tatum over Zion, which I agree with 100%. Yeah, that's intelligent, because I would take Tatum over the guy we took. 
I, then he does Jokic. I'd much rather have Jokic than Zion. <laughs> Would you rather have a genera- the, the best passing center we've probably seen since we've been alive? Yeah. Or Zion. And, of course, he takes Zion, which, which is, is dumb. Dumb. Then and, we get to Kyrie. He takes Zion over Kyrie, which I actually agree with. I hate Kyrie. I think he's overrated. Yeah, I think, and I think Zion would be a better teammate than um, Kyrie, who is, uh, let's be honest here, a bit of an attention whore. Really? <laughs> just, no. just a little bit of an attention whore. <laughs> no. No. No, he didn't say, uh, he didn't come out as a possible flat earther just to get the media talking about him. No, not at all. Right before the rumors started swirling that he wanted to go to Boston, whose major newspaper is called The Globe. (laughs) That led to so many more memes than I realized it would, but it was, that was like an amazing week where everyone was pointing out that that Boston's major newspaper is the Boston Globe. <laughs> yeah. And it's like possible flat earther Kyrie Irving going to city, going to city with a newspaper that has that name. Yes. So then he goes to Kevin Durant and he takes Zion over Durant, which at this point in their careers, I probably would too, because I don't think Durant's going to come back well. No, Durant's oh. gonna. This is gonna. That injury is gonna be the beginning of uh, Durant's downturn. A hundred percent. So then he goes to James Harden, which I don't like. Harden. I don't think you could win a championship with Harden. Uh, he takes Zion over Harden. I'm like, okay. Yeah, that's he that's takes... fair. That one's another. That one's another bit of a toss up, just because one, they're very different, but Harden's also, you know, not an amazing teammate. Yes. He gets inflated assist numbers. Don't at me um yeah inflated assist numbers uh giant ego bit of a ball hog liability on defense yeah i'd rather have zion just tad then we get to anthony davis and uh and zion don't tell me he took zion over anthony davis yeah i wish i could tell you that he took zion williamson over anthony davis but he took he said he would rather have zion Anthony Davis is in his prime. Yes. Has had yes, very has had very few injury concerns over the course of his career, which is insane for a center. Because normally they inevitably have bad knees or bad ankles or something. Probably one of the yeah. best probably one of the best defensive players in the league right now. That's not a probably he's top five. Yeah. Pretty yeah, good passer. I, yep. Great rebounder. Great scorer. Great scorer. Rather have Zion. Yep. The he goes on, LeBron James. Don't tell me. He he took LeBron. He took uh, LeBron. Okay, good. I was I was oh. if he took Zion Williamson over the best player in the world right now, possibly the best player of all time. Yeah. Who despite being 35 years old, is showing very few signs of slowing down at all. And he's playing defense again. Yeah, like, last year was the first time he sh- he showed signs of slowing down, and boom, he came right back this year. And he's playing defense. And he's that's, playing defense, which is terrifying. That's the, bi- that's the biggest thing for me right now with LeBron, is 
we know in Cleveland he had to shoulder so much of the offensive load, he had to take off defense. But before the because uh, they had a stretch against the Clippers, same weekend, Clippers and the Bucks. Um, and his teammates said to him, look, we need you to mark Giannis, and we need you to mark Kawhi. Okay. And he did. And he did. Very and well. Let me, let me f- find their scores. Um, um because I would love to to tell you what they what they scored in those games. Um I I don't think it was much. No, I don't think so either. And he yep, here it is. Okay. So Giannis, okay, well, okay, Giannis scored 32 points. But that's not that much for Giannis. <laughs> no, the guy who averages what? Like closer to like, isn't his average much closer to 40 or higher? Uh, no, it's like, it's, I actually think it is around 30, but it's his average. Not like anything insane. Correct. He's averaging 29.6 points. So it's actually a little bit over his average, but you can only do so much to slow Giannis down, even if you're LeBron. But the rest of the team, Middleton scored 12, Lopez scored 13, Bledsoe 11, DiVincenzo 17. Oh, so Giannis was just doing all the work. Yes. And LeBron, I think LeBron marked Middleton some too. Actually, yeah. So like, good game defensively. Then we get to the Clippers. That's what, why did it pull up YouTube? Hold on. (laughs) I clicked on stats and it pulled up freaking YouTube. Um, Oh, computers. They're wonderful, but they get on our nerves. 100%. Then he marked Kawhi, scored 27, but in the big moments, Kawhi, at the end of the game, Kawhi didn't do anything. So at the end of the game, when LeBron really turned it on, he shut him down. Correct. And meanwhile, scored 28 points, nine assists, eight rebounds. In a 112-103 victory. So he almost got a triple-double, too. Correct. Good Lord. <laughs> LeBron is playing defense again, which is, I think is the scariest thing. Yeah. And he's like this entire season, he showed zero signs of slowing down at all, despite turning 35 halfway through the season. Yes. Yes, he did. So anyway, one last player, correct? Yeah. Kawhi Leonard. Don't tell me he did. There's no way that even Colin could screw this up, right? I am no longer surprised by Colin Coward, Skip Bayless, Mike Francesa, or Max Kellerman saying anything stupid. He screwed it up. Uh, Of course he did. Why would you... Like, the one guy in the NBA who can even kind of defend LeBron James. Yeah, he took Zion. Because Kawhi doesn't have a personality. I mean, he doesn't. That was his excuse. He he doesn't have a personality. He he no, really he doesn't. doesn't. But and he's not a leader. That's that was Colin's excuse for taking Zion over Kawhi. And Zion is. Yeah. I mean, I, 
I don't see it, him having much in the way of leadership qualities. At least, I mean, he's 19, but yeah. I don't know many 19 year olds who have leadership qualities, but uh, Luca, <laughs> well, Luca did, but he, he's European. That doesn't count. <laughs> I don't know many American 19 year olds who have leadership qualities. I certainly didn't at 19. <laughs> yes. I, uh, depends. That's all we're talking about here. If we're talking about in sports. I did, but that I'm, just competitive by nature and that helps um yeah that helps just a little bit so all of this goes to show he doesn't he i don't understand why he does that like i don't get it yeah i mean a few days later he doesn't like he doesn't know hockey and he tends to avoid it completely unless it's absolutely necessary to talk about and that's smart yeah if you my voice just cracked if you don't know hockey, don't talk about it. He clearly doesn't know basketball all that well. So don't talk about it. Yeah. But he has to well, because Fox has has uh, puts more stock in, uh, in basketball, despite I don't think they have a contract for the NBA. I don't think they do either. They have college, but they don't have... No, they, they have like a few Big Ten games. They have a few Big East games, but they do not have an NBA contract. Yeah. That's dumb. So, all of this is bad. Yeah. So, but here's the thing I want you to remember. He said he would take Zion Williamson over Luca. Yes. A few days later, I can't find the video. I think he deleted it. Shocker. He he talked about the players he would give a 12-year contract yeah all right so first player he says is on williamson he said he would not give zion a 12-year contract because of injuries that's Totally fair. That's, I would agree. That's fair. I agree. Yeah. Like I wouldn't give him a twelve-year contract either. I wouldn't give he, him. I wouldn't give him more than three or four right now. Me either. He goes on to Giannis, which he says he would give him a twelve-year contract, which I would too. Yeah, that's twenty-four and an absolute freak of nature. It'd be smart to lock him up so you don't lose him for nothing when his uh, when his current contract is over. Correct. Then he goes on to... Was it Trey? Trey... Oh! Hey, I think I found it. I uh, know, that's AFC quarterbacks. Never mind. Dang yeah. it. Son of a gun. Oh my god, he had Cam Newton at six. Um. Oh, anyway. That's, 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 its own, <laughs> that's its own other can of worms, too. Yes. Yes, it is. He went on to Luca. So you're like, all right, if he's going to take Zion over Luca, no way he'd give Luca a 12-year contract, right? Like, if you're not going to give Zion one and you say you would take Zion over this guy, you wouldn't give him a 12-year contract too, correct? Logic, nope. would, logic would say so, but nope. I mean, this is Colin Coward. He would give Zion a 12-year contract. <sighs> Sports need to come back. We need sports back because Collins lost his mind. They they all have, but 
especially Colin Coward. Like Colin Coward and Skip Bayless have been the two worst worst hit. I think Skip Bayless was much worse when they couldn't be in the studio. Because and the Jordan documentary. And the Jordan documentary, yeah. They those two things coincided. Like the the bulk of the time they weren't in studio was also the time the last dance was airing. So yeah, that that actually tracks. Like that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It would make sense. Because something uh, that was basically produced by Michael Jordan to talk about how awesome Michael Jordan was is... Uh, and smash LeBron as much as he can. Yeah, is... Uh, I mean, they didn't do that too often in The Last Dance. Skip Bayless just kind of took it to that. Yeah, that's what... Yeah, because Skip Bayless just continually was like, Oh, this is why LeBron is not as good as, as MJ. Like, blah, 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 blah. He'll never... Uh, I- he will I don't think he'll ever give up on that. Like LeBron could win three straight three straight titles and tie Michael Jordan for number of titles and it still wouldn't be enough. No, it would not. And he could pass Kareem and I still guarantee that he would pick Oh, I found it. He posted it on Instagram. <laughs> All right. He would not give it to Zion. He would give it to Giannis. He would give it to Luca. He would not give it to Deshaun Watson. This I, is like today. If he would give him a twelve-year contract today, and I would he give would not a, give it to Deshaun Watson. I would, but he would to Trevor Lawrence, a guy we haven't seen play a single down in the NFL. Yeah, who hasn't even played his last season of college football yet? Hopefully, yeah. He would give one to Russell Wilson, who is thirty-one. I think, yeah. How old, how old is Russell Wilson? Let me let me look that up real quick. He is in thirty one. Yeah, he's thirty one. He turns thirty two, November 29th. Okay, so he'll turn thirty two it's during the course of this season. Yep. Okay, so you're not going to give a twenty four year old with an extraordinarily bright future, who if he could have an offensive line would compete for the MVP. But you would give one to, to a thirty-two-year-old, to an almost thirty-two-year-old. Lock him up until he's forty-four, which um, last time I checked is older than Tom Brady currently is. I'm pretty because Tom Brady's forty-three, right? I think so. Yeah. So older than Tom Brady currently is forty-two. Sorry, he's forty-two. Oh, he's forty-two. So, and. This is more than likely Tom Brady's last season, right? I think we can agree on that. Uh, he said he wants to play to 45. I don't see it. I think <laughs> I think if they do anything at all this year, he's done. Uh, Brady turns 43 on August 3rd. Okay, so right before the season starts. Yep. Okay, so he's going to be 43 for the, the entire season. Yeah. But still, older than Tom Brady is right now is what... Russell Wilson would be when that 12-year contract expired. Do not get me wrong. Russell Wilson is an absolutely fantastic quarterback, but I would not give him a 12-year contract because of his age. Yeah, I wouldn't give him more than five. Yeah, I was going to say five or six. I would do that. I think I would give him six, and if you have to eat the six-year, you you have to eat the six-year. Yeah, because he's great. And he's he's earned that kind of the kind of money that would come from a contract that long. 100%. And so then he goes on to coaches, right? Yeah. He would give one to Sean McVay. I would too. 
That's fair. He'd give one to Kyle Shanahan. I would too. And he would give one to Lincoln Riley. I would do that too. Lincoln Riley, bit of a toss up, but for the most part, yeah. And he, eh, his quarterbacks have won the Heisman so many years in a row. It's not even funny. Yeah. Do you. Dabo Sweeney. What do you think Coward said? Since what do you would, think the logical? What do you think the logical thing is? Since I would absolutely give Dabo Sweeney a twelve-year contract, I'm assuming Colin said no. Yeah, Colin said no. <sighs> you know, second best coach in all of college football right now. Maybe best, but you know, I hate Nick Saban, so little bias there. Yes, and I mean, if like Nick Saban is probably coming to the end of his coaching career too. Oh yeah. I think he's going to retire oh, within I think he's going to retire 3 4 maybe 5 years from now. Yes, I think if Alabama does bad this year, he's done. Really? You think this year he might hang it up? I think if he does bad, if they do bad, yeah. I think I think he might give it a regular season. Like yeah. a, like a regular 12 game season like if this season is going to get screwed up, which it seems like it will be and they're not that good this season, I think he gives it one more. But if they're not good next year, nah, yeah, he's done. He's done. Yes, because like Alabama's starting to slip anyway. Like Clemson is is taking over that top spot nationally. But they're not a tier one college football program, Jake. Oh my god! Well, that's that's Colin Coward's opinion. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to be preseason number one once those rankings come out. Yeah, either unanimous or. Ohio State's going to get a few. Yeah, Ohio State might get a few votes, mostly from Ohio, and maybe maybe a few others from Big Ten country, but that's like <sighs> everyone else is going to vote Clemson. And maybe a few SEC people might, might deviate, but it's not going to be enough to even get whatever SEC school gets the love this year, the number two spot. Yeah, exactly. And it's probably going to be Georgia, but... Yeah, I can see it being Georgia. It should be weird to have Georgia ranked higher than Bama in the preseason rankings, but this year I'd say it's accurate. This year I'd definitely say it's accurate because I don't think Alabama is going to be all that good compared to their normal standards this year. I agree. So, yeah. So that's Coward. And finally. This, just fans. This one, this one is just dumb. I, I read a comment on an article recently that will remain unnamed for specific reasons that somebody wished that people wouldn't watch the MLS tournament because they were sick of athletes acting like they're oppressed. <sighs> yeah. That's uh, I, I'm uh, going to go off for a second. Go ahead. First of all, as I mentioned earlier, athletes are people. Yep. Who probably undergo more day-to-day trash talk and getting called terrible things than you do. More than likely. Because I guarantee at games they're getting called so much crap. Especially soccer. Oh, especially soccer. Because soccer has... 
Soccer has a bit of a problem with that. Yeah. Maybe not as much in MLS, more so like international games especially. Oh, yeah. Like national team versus national team. MLS is not as bad, but it's still definitely a thing. Secondly, they undergo the same stuff we do. Yes, they have more money. Yes, they have more talent than us. Yes, they get paid to use that talent. But that does not mean they don't still deal with the same real-world issues like racism and all that stuff. Yeah. Like, they, I guarantee you African-American players get called bad words all the time. Oh, I'm, I'm almost sure of it. Like, like, that's a guarantee that's happening. Yeah, like, fans are going to get kicked out of the stadium for that, but, like... They're still saying it. They're st- still saying it. And why are athletes held to a higher standard than we are just because they have more talent and more money? Like, we should be held to the same standard as athletes are. Because, like, if an athlete says something back to a fan, they get banned or, like, suspended at minimum. Or fined. Or Yeah, or fined. If a fan says something to get kicked out of the stadium, that's probably it. Yeah, they might get... If it's really bad, they might get, like, a, a full-blown lifetime ban, but that's, like... That's rare. That's very rare. That has to... A year ban. That has to come down to, like, something physical, almost. Yeah. And, like, something that a lot of fans, like, don't understand is that they are people, like I was mentioning earlier. It's that we look at them as objects that we get to watch and use and, like, all of that. We don't look at them as, hey, they're people, they deserve respect. People, everybody deserves respect. Never mind. But everybody deserves respect. Yeah. No matter if you disagree, agree, or any of that, they don't undergo. I think they, they they're not necessarily oppressed in the sense that I that they are like that they uh, can't like have religion and like that kind of stuff. But oppression isn't just that. Oppression is anything where y'all are getting like are aren't getting the same freedoms as as us and like all of that kind of stuff and athletes 100 percent right now especially with covid and all that stuff they don't get to see their families for a couple months because we as fans are greedy and like bring back sports yeah look i want sports back i love sports i watch sports more than anyone i guarantee you if you're listening to this i probably watch sports more than the person you think watches sports the most i guarantee <laughs> I watched I have three different monitors in my in my room. It, during an average NFL game, I will have two games on each monitor. <laughs> NFL week. And then my Colts will be on my TV. Yeah. So, I'll have five games going at the same time. <laughs> and you're paying paying attention to all of them. Yeah. At least in and yes. And I, I want sports back more than anyone, but I also understand that the sport uh, athletes are taking ex- insane risks by playing right now, because if one person in one locker room gets it, it's spread to the entire team. Yeah. And they're in close quarters with other teams. So my guess is it was spread to other teams too. And then that could get spread home. That could get spread to the, the team personnel that could get spread to the refs. 
that could get spread to camera crew that are there. Like the risks that they're taking are are more than you're probably taking. Unless you're not wearing a mask, then you're just an idiot. Unless you have actual health issues. Yeah. And especially with MLS, since now two different teams have backed out yeah. of the MLS's back tournament. Because they had to. Yeah. Well, Dallas didn't even go. I don't think Dallas even went. Yeah. Nashville got there and then pulled out. So they had to they had to readjust. But it seems, yeah, it, it seems like they got it with enough time to get Nashville the heck out of there. Oh, we hope. Huh. I hope so. I Something that frustrates me, and this stems back many years, especially when it comes to um, fan interaction at games. And something that I think started to bring it to light a little bit was when the minority owner of the Warriors pushed Kyle Kyle Lowry when he was just trying to get up from saving a ball. Oh yeah, I remember that. That was that was all over the place. That was terrible. You are a minority owner of a team. You're sitting courtside, and a player who might have got could have gotten hurt by diving for the ball, you just shove his shoulder. Yeah, you're a jerk. Like, you, sh- I think he should have been forced to sell his stake, but he wasn't, sadly. But fans need to understand more that players deserve the same respect that I'm sure, well, I hope you show your wife and kids or your yeah. husband or your son or your daughter or your father or your mother. Like, or just they're not a- objects. Any other person. Yeah. And... It's just, it's mind-boggling to me that there are still people out there who think that way. Oh, yeah. And, but I, I, I know there's always going to be people that think that way, but come on. Hopefully there could be less of them. Yeah, it's the same thing with, with, um, shoot. I don't know what I was going to say. But it's, it's the reason I don't really get starstruck is because they're people. Yeah. They're, they're just people with more talent than me. But like, you know, I don't know. It, it, it frustrates me when I see stuff like that because I'm like, come on. Be better. There's somebody's son. There's somebody's daughter. There's somebody's father probably. There's somebody like – there's somebody's mother probably. Yeah. Step it up. <laughs> Hopefully, hopefully that's what happens whenever we can actually go back to games. We hope, but is that what's going to happen? Probably not. I guarantee you there's going to be people when the NFL returns and undoubtedly every single sideline has people kneeling. I can almost guarantee you that there are going to be so many people screaming at them on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Oh, I'm sure. The, Calling uh, the names, the power of uh, the power of anonymity behind a keyboard. Say that to their face, I dare you. Oh, that wouldn't be pretty. <laughs> that wouldn't be pretty. I don't think, I don't think they could. Nope. <laughs> because uh, I could. when when but you I also don't believe 
believe like that. But when when you stand next to a football player and realize how much bigger they are than the average person, yeah, it, I don't know. Like even like even guys who are retired, like the closest I've ever gotten to anyone who has ever played professional football was uh, at like training camp for the Ravens one time, and they had um, retired players who were signing autographs. These guys hadn't played in like five, six, seven, eight, nine years. And they were still huge. These guys. Yeah. So I can only imagine like standing next to someone who is currently playing and currently working out a lot. Yeah. Like imagine that dude on Twitter who said, I bet you won't see JJ Watt standing, saying that to his face (laughs) or kneeling. Oh, that wouldn't be pretty. Cause JJ Watt would probably, just dwarf this dude. He would. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I mean, JJ Watt dwarfs other NFL players. <laughs> yeah. Cause he is a giant human being. Yeah. That, that would be kind of funny to watch though. Yeah. Like that, that's so, the, that's the one good thing Kimmel does is blank read mean tweets. Oh, that's great. That's like the one good thing Kimmel does. <laughs> Everything else he does is trash, but that is that is his one gem. Oh, yeah. So, basically, to sum all this up, is just, like, fans need to be better and, like, just, just be better. Like, understand that there are things higher than basketball, higher than football, higher than sports. Yep. And they're going to stay, and athletes are going to stand up for those things. And if you yell at athletes for standing up for what they believe in, but if you're also standing up for what you believe in, then, like, why are you yelling at them? You're a terrible person. Yep. <laughs> Just be better. Yep. And I, I think that's a good place to end it. Because <laughs> uh, I thought this would be funnier, but it was good to take a deep dive on, on some of that stuff while also making fun of people. Exactly. <laughs> because the show's called The Mashup, like, it definitely has uh, lived up to that name many times over, over the course of yeah. its lifespan. Yeah. But uh, thanks for joining me again, making fun of Anytime. people. Anytime. Anytime. Because I know you're probably just as bored as I am. Yeah, other than, you know, just kind of destroying everybody I see on Call of Duty, but that's different. Yeah, I've seen your score lines. They're ridiculous. But <laughs> that's it for today's show. Hope you all... Enjoy your weekend. Hope you all enjoyed listening. And I will talk to you guys on Tuesday. See you then. What are you willing to lose? You cover your wounds, but underneath them a million voices in your head that whisper. Stop now. Another twist of the knife. Turn of the screws. It's all in your mind. And it's fighting you on yourself. The storm is coming. What you gonna do now? It's your reflection looking back to pull you down So are you gonna die?